Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It is Wednesday, a war cry Wednesday, so you already know. Uh, can they do belated war cries maybe like if they miss it and they need yes. to get one in? Yep. Like we will accept belated war cries. You can either record a video of you doing it in your car, at your job. You can also just text us and let us know that you did it if you did not want to record that video. Absolutely, there is no deadline on war cries. Yeah, so I think you can do them uh, whenever you want, but keep those texts coming, 704-570-9610. And now it is time to go to the campus corner. All right, Walker, you guys got another shot at a team this week (laughs) that you should be able to beat or at least have a great chance. I mean, we're talking about two teams with one win apiece, Charlotte 49ers, East Carolina Pirates, Charlotte 49ers, man, that offense, 15.3 points per game, man. That's just not going to cut it. They got to find some offense somewhere, and the defense is 70th in the nation, giving up 25 points per game. Got an East Carolina team coming in that is almost as anemic on offense as they are. 19 points a game, 121st in Division One and 75th in defense scoring defense that is 26.5 points per game the pirates are giving up a win would do more for which program i think charlotte especially with biff pogey talking all that cash that cash money bleep <laughs> in the off season because now biff pogey seemed awful dejected in that post-game press conference and i've mentioned this point many times this was the game where you had to compete And I guess they quote-unquote only lost by 14 because the defense only gave up 14. (laughs) Didn't score a point. Wes, they didn't score a point. (laughs) I had to watch the first half of punt after punt after punt. Honestly, maybe you even throw an interception and then create a fumble on the interception return just to give me a little excitement in my life. But that was as boring a first-half script as you could possibly imagine. And then in the second half, the only excitement we got was on the other side. It was Navy scoring a couple of big play touchdowns, one through the air, one on the ground with their fullback, by the way, with their fullback. It's not good, Wes. I think it would do a lot more for Charlotte to win this game because at least Mike Houston has something to go off of right now. We have evidence of him having been a good head coach even if it was with a different set of players that he isn't directly responsible for recruiting, you do have some good record there at ECU. You did actually build some, you were able to build into a winning record after a couple years, right? Charlotte, man, we're hitting the ground with a good defense, but the offense is so bad. And now he's saying, Biff Poggi said after the game, quote, it just feels like we got to go for it every fourth down, every single possession. We have that option because 
we were third we were three for 13 on third down conversion attempts against navy i think it would do more for charlotte yeah i agree with you as well especially for perception east carolina too having a very very disappointing season and this is a team that can't stay out of their own way so that could be a way for you guys to walker they may just gift you a win because they are they have 52 penalties 12th in the country in terms of penalties uh that they've gotten man so this is a team that cannot stay out of their own way uh i think charlotte's defense is a lot of a byproduct of an offense that just can't score i mean after a while how many times do you want them to get out there on the field and ask them to get a stop charlotte has gotten four touchdowns passing this season and six rushing touchdowns well and the other disappointing thing about this is that they picked a quarterback Jalen Jones was warming up with the wide receivers in the pregame, and we all started looking around like, all right, it's Trexler Ivy time. We're about to air this thing out. And what did he do? He turned the ball over three times to two interceptions and one fumble, completing just 40% of his passes for 142 yards against Navy. And this was after Ivy having been graded the highest offensive player on Charlotte's team on the offensive side of the ball. And then when you start to try to unleash him, you're running it a lot. And then when you do throw it, he turns it over three times. And we heard Biff Pogey in that soundbite that we did not like going into the locker room after the first half. Did not like his quarterback's performance, safe to say. So hopefully Charlotte can get things figured out a little bit. Can it be a get-right game? ECU is thinking about that on the other side as well. But hopefully this offense can put a couple points on the board. And so quickly if charlotte does lose this game is the heat officially on like the famous 80 song on biff Pogey? you mean in as far as losing his job just you know yeah it, the, i think the, it's the, on now clock. i guess okay. that's my point i think it's on now so yeah we're waiting to put the food in the oven has been turned on you go sit back on the couch you and can wait for the it. oven to get hot do you think he gets fired or you think do you think he quits because he said in the preseason when he was talking that's all <laughs> if we're not good I'll fire myself. So could you see a situation where he realizes, man, I ain't cut out for this? And I, You know what, though? I don't want him to quit. Yeah, I don't want him to do that after one year. You got to give it more time but, than that. But, but pressure means different things. Usually when we do the whole pressure sports radio conversation, it means are we to a point where we might fire that guy right now? Is that how hot it is? And you can have a lot of pressure going into next season because you didn't set out what you wanted to in your first year. But I am not one that wants to become the school that fires the guy after just one year and you just don't have any stability. You have none. Because Biff Pogey, (laughs) very different from Will Healy, who we thought was going to be a good recruiter, never really was. The best recruits that he could bring in, it was Grant DeBose, but that was a lot from James Foster, who ended up not doing anything. And you also have Elijah Spencer, who's now playing with Minnesota. I don't think he's doing much up there either. But those are the guys that weren't either inherited, inherited by Brad Lambert and his recruiting trails, and and not transfer portal. But Biff Pogey out here, he was getting talent. And at least we have a phenomenal turnaround defensively. Like, that doesn't get enough love. They were among the worst in college football. Our offense is just so putrid. I just wonder, maybe you can speak to this because you're a Charlotte alum, you're a season ticket holder. Would the fan base be as quote-unquote enraged if you wouldn't have gone our airwaves and said that we're going to be a top 15 defense, we're going to compete to win a conference title, if he wouldn't have stormed off the podium at media day? Like, if none of that happens, 
How mad are you really that you're, that you're one in five? We're still mad, but that talk doesn't help. <laughs> Watching punt after punt in the first half is going to let make anybody want to scratch their eyeballs out, jigsaw saw style. We thought that was just a <laughs> Sunday tradition in the Queen City, not a Saturday and Sunday well, thing. Well, it's up there. You just got to travel north a little bit. It's here. <laughs> we got two traditions going on. All right, so now that we move on to the team up in the mountains, up in Boone, App State, they take on Old Dominion. And App State offensively 22nd best in – FBS as far as total offense and their defense though struggling 94th in FBS as far as total yards allowed per game but they're averaging 34.3 points that's 30th in the FBS but 99th in total defense and they will play against an old Dominion team that is 98th in total offense and 64th in total defense a win over Old Dominion does what for App State, who's sitting at 3-3 three and three and looking to get on the winning side of things. Delays a legitimate reaction. If you lose to ODU, you talk about hot seat. Sean Clark's already flirting with something warm he's sitting on. Sure. But now, if you, if you beat ODU, nobody's going to care. You're supposed to beat ODU. In fact, we went over the schedule, Wes. Old Dominion is the easiest game that you have until you get to the second half of the yeah, season. Southern where you Miss, got a Marshall, Georgia State, James Madison, Southern Georgia Miss, Southern away. I'm sorry. Southern Miss, Old Dominion you should beat. So the win stabilizes. It's Southern Miss I'm thinking about that mm-hmm. is the worst because they, they're putrid. So yeah. Old Dominion, that'll stabilize you a little so bit. But you got to grab two wins right here is what you're saying. You have to grab two wins. You have to. Yeah. Because Old Dominion, while it's not the easiest win, I, I was overlooking them a little too much. Old Dominion, I, they're a decent enough football team. Southern Miss, you have to beat. That's that would be an all that would be a bad upset for them. After that, though, because you need to provide, you need to give yourself a foundation to go into the gauntlet that you're going to go into with the last four games of the season. So beat Old Dominion, respectable win. Beat Southern Miss, you have to. Like, that's just a, a business game. We're not going to love you if you win, and we're not going to pat you on the back, but you can't lose or we're going to destroy you. That'll give you a foundation with the last four. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Uh, I think that a win for App State definitely helps to try to solidify some things, bring some goodwill back, get you over 500. But like you said, got to get these next two games. Old Dominion with the way this offense is playing. Joey Aguilar playing really good football for them. But they've got to find a way to be able to get a win right here because you don't want to have that losing record. As I said, Aguilar, 14 touchdown passes. He's tied for number one uh, in the Sun Belt, and he's got 1,530 passing yards in five games. Go ahead. No, you're good. I just, well, I I said, too, timing. We're going to get back on track next segment, and here I am just completely bringing us off the tracks. But I feel like I have a good impromptu question for everyone. Okay. Can we do a roundtable football question for you? All right. Most pressure right now of all of the college football mid-majors, Biff Pogey, Mike Houston, or Sean Clark? Which one would you go with? It's I'd Sean go, Clark. Yeah, I'd go Sean Clark because of the pedigree of App State as much as they've won. This is a fan base that has become accustomed to winning, and uh, yeah, they're not going to accept anything less than at least having solid eight, nine-win seasons. I would agree with you. All right, what's the gap between Sean Clark and second place, and who is second place in your opinion? Um... Second place, I would have to say East Carolina. That's another program, too, that's had recent success. They've got to be very dismayed with the way the season's been going, so I'll put them number two. Is there a big gap between Houston and Sean Clark? Uh, no, I would not say there's okay. a big gap. What about you, Fitty? Uh, I would say it's sizable just because, I mean, App State's a, a, a proud program that's had a lot more success, both at the FC, you know, the FCS and now 
the FBS level. So I, I think I think there is a little bit because the people in the mountain man, that's all they got. I mean, they just they, they, <laughs> that's all they got up there is that football team. I mean, so. it's, what, is, is, I guess what does ECU have outside I, of? I mean, look, they just go they just go to NC State basketball, which is also mm, here we go. rather disappointing. <laughs> all right, so. that turned into a hate. Yes, I like it definitely pro- did. Oh, I like providing yeah. the hate for ECU and App State. <laughs> there you right. go, Fitty. Nice job. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk more Carolina Panthers. Adam Thielen could he be having a Pro Bowl worthy season? That and more on Sports Radio. 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. with Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Fitty making some football fan bases angry and fighting with them on the text line. Just another day at work here on Wesson Walker in the middays. We gave Fitty a little bit of airtime and he managed to insult not only App State, but also ECU. And back, <laughs> God bless you. Back, back to back statements from Fiddy. What are you arguing with about AJ with? He's an ECU fan, right? Yeah, just another one of those degenerate ECU fans that you know got mad that like, I didn't give them credit for winning a Peach Bowl back in 1992. Mm-hmm. It was a one loss year, and look, that was that's great success. That was 31 years ago, and then he was like, uh, "You said word for word they've had more success at the Division One uh, Division One level." So that's a historical argument. Would you rather have a Peach Bowl win 31 years ago to brag about <laughs> or do what App State has done, which has won three straight FCS titles and then seemingly transition to the FBS and they win nine, ten games every year? And look, East Carolina could have become that had they not wrongfully fired Ruffin McNeil and hired Scotty Montgomery to be their, to be their head coach. They deserve what their program has turned into for a firing guy that won seven, eight, nine games Year in, year out. Yeah, what? One bowl game in eight years. Recent history, I guess you say. What's a local sports take that everyone agrees on, like everyone agreeing that they should not have fired Ruffin McNeil? I feel like that's a universal, agreeable take here locally. From no matter no matter what fan base you talk to. I mean, there's not too many people that think, yeah, smart move. I'm glad we got rid of Ruffin. To hire Scotty Montgomery. Even then, even then, I know a lot of people that were frustrated. Even ECU's fan base to me. Like, usually when somebody gets fired, usually the fan base is actually a little ahead of the game on that. Usually the fan base is calling for a firing before it actually happens. I don't feel like like that was the case with ECU. Is there another agreeable take? I don't know. I was going to say maybe... 
I was thinking maybe something Bobby Loose, but I think Charlotte. Mm, that's could. a good. No, that's a good one. I think that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Lots of 49er fans want Bobby Lutz. I Yeah. Nice pull from you, Fitty. But I think that's good. Do you agree with that one with Bobby Lutz? I think West? so, yeah. All right. You can text us, 704-570-9610, if there's anybody else that you can think of. Uh, yeah, AJ said, that's the one thing I can agree with you on about Ruff. That's the thing. Everybody agrees with it. Like, you might have a couple outliers here and there. Oh, the bagel guy. <laughs> Should yes. not have fired James Borrego. <laughs> Thank you, the bagel guy. We At some point, we got to have, like, the best, like, take or something to end our show. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing I've heard on this show in three months. Bagel guy. Bagel the amount of wins that James Borrego had in the postseason with this franchise. Oh, that was really good out of you. That was really good out of you, and I hate it. All right, it's the amount of wins that the Panthers have also after an 0-6 start. There's not too many positives, but there are some. If we want to take the magnifying glass out and try to figure out what the positives are, one that is very easy to see, you don't need to make the picture any bigger. Adam Thielen, man. Adam Thielen coming in, old wide receiver. Off the free agent bargain bin, heap, the DVDs that you might find for $5 in the bin at Walmart. Hey, turned out to be a pretty good movie. Rummaging through all those DVDs. Adam Thielen, <laughs> you pop it in, and boom, you're on pace for 1,400 yards. Clearly, we've talked about it a lot. I did not see 1,400-yard pace Adam Thielen coming. I thought that this would be somebody that would struggle to get to 1,000. For me, Adam Thielen is very much so outperforming what I expected of him. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I thought DJ Chark was going to be a lot better. I actually really like the DJ Chark. I thought it was an underrated signing. I was wrong about that one, too. My wide receiver takes, Wes, haven't really worked out for me this year. Hmm. I thought DJ Chark was going to be good. I thought Jonathan Mingo, that one was a little bit more just like bold take. Hey, maybe this could happen. But I did think Mingo would be more involved than what he is. That's for sure. Hayden Hurst isn't anybody that's providing a lot. And even me, who was more down on Hayden Hurst, I thought he'd be a bigger factor than what he is. That guy's non-existent. So Adam Thielen, clearly the number one option. And if you didn't have Adam Thielen, then I don't know who Bryce Young would be throwing to. I mean, yeah, you just look at what he's doing. We talked about at the beginning of the season, the uh, steep curve that receivers, once they start to get older, start to take when you talk about getting over that 30-yard mark. But he's got a touchdown in four of the last five games. He's got four straight games with 75 yards or more. That's the first time since weeks one of eight through the 2018 season that he's done that. Three games of at least 100 yards. uh, And then Sunday against the Dolphins, 100 yards uh, on eight receptions in the first half. That was the fourth time in his career that he recorded 100 yards prior to halftime. And the first time he'd done that since 2019 He's first in the league in third down receptions, second in total receptions, third in receptions, resulting in a first down and ninth in receiving yards, man. He's been Mr. Dependable for this offense, and he's been doing it in a manner that we thought that he would do it in. This is a guy, when you look at targeted air yards for this guy, and you look at one of the leaders, a guy like Tyreek Hill at 12.9, but this is a guy 7.7, so he's going to bludgeon you with short to intermediate routes. He's getting open, and the thing is when teams come in, and that that's always an impressive thing to me is when a guy comes in and you know that he's the focal point of the offense, whether it be pass game or run game, and for him to still come out and put up the numbers that he's putting up, 
It's very impressive. I think he's having a great season. I'm surprised that his name hasn't been mentioned in trade rumors, but the Panthers would be just out of their gourd to do something there because he's the only guy that they have right now on offense that's worth a hill of beans. Yeah, you can't trade him. <laughs> you can't. Spence writes in, Walker, why don't we flip Adam Thielen for third round? Right, yeah. He ain't going anywhere, so why not sell everything? Okay. Because if you get rid of Adam Thielen, then you get rid of 59 targets. If you get rid of Adam Thielen, then you get rid of the guy that is the fifth most targeted player, the sixth most targeted player in the NFL, and the only man moving the ball through the air consistently. So if everything is set up to make sure we get the best performance from Bryce week in and week out, and you decide to trade the only thing working out in the pass game for a third-round pick, this fan base will go to Scott Fitterer and fire him himself. They will go to right. David Tepper and try to enforce him to sell the team. It'd be a mob. But and you like I get it. I I the, the argument here is that the dude is over 30 years old. His best football is behind him. Even if he's having a great year this season, you can't expect it next year and the year after, right? I like it's understandable that you would want somebody younger, more in their prime, whatever. But you can't do it if Bryce is this is the only reason that he can move the ball downfield at all. It's because of Adam Thielen. And if you get rid of that, it's not going to go over well, and you thought this was bad football before. Try doing it without Adam Thielen. Yeah, and the thing is, too, when you look at the other receivers, the fact that guys are struggling to get open on a consistent basis. You haven't seen from Mingo what you want to see. Thielen is dictating the coverage right now. He's helping Bryce Young immensely because Bryce Young can dictate the coverage. I mean, he can read the coverage off what Adam Thielen dictates, and other guys are going to be able to benefit. Hopefully, that's the goal. That's the design because teams are going to be so focused on Thielen, but he's definitely had a flashback season. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say I thought he was going to be this productive, but uh, when you look at the numbers that he's putting up, we said it yesterday on pace for over 140 catches. With him at this point, it's just a matter of health if he's going to be able to achieve really good numbers because if he's on pace for 140, I think it's safe to say he's more than likely going to cross the 100 catch mark. Oh, yeah, he's got 49 right now. Yeah. I, it's And they're going to be down. Now, that I did not see. The Carolina Panthers are going to, just speaking of game script, as we always do for over-under props, yeah, I mean, he's going to get to 100 receptions easily, especially because he's the type of receiver. Now, this is what we did see coming, as you mentioned. He, having a lot of his receptions come within, like, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage because those are easier passes. And Bryce Young is going to make those, especially if the offensive line continues to struggle the way it has. Is is the reservation to trade him because you just don't trust Scott Fitterer to make the right draft pick more so than just putting your rookie quarterback in a, in a terrible spot? Because like, I think that's my thing. Is that, like, I, as much as I think they should trade Brian Burns, they should look to trade Adam Thielen. Hell no. How much do you trust if Scott Fitter is here to get to get it right because his, dra his, his draft record isn't turning out very good? That is really far down on my list. I'm with you. It's not like Scott Fitterer has a great track record. But, you're, but I'm hung up on the trading Adam Thielen. You think they should do it? No, I'm not saying they should. Should, oh. should they explore it? Yes. Because you could get well, if you explore it, then it yeah, means I mean, you might like do you it. should be open to it. Like if if a team calls you willing to give up a day two draft pick and you're not going anywhere, you should explore the move because then you'll find out what you really got in Mingo, what you really got in TMJ. The reservation is going to be you trade away another great offensive player 
to to give a GM a draft pick that more than likely he's going to get wrong. Yeah, if you trade Adam Thielen, man, that means you're just like, hey, we're all out on this season, and we're going to take the only good thing away from Bryce Young. No, I mean, I, they are 0-6, so they are out on the year. Yeah, like, you're but, not going anywhere. Yeah, but you can't, you can't trade him because uh, he's got the cap hit next year of $9.9 million. You can't really beef about that. that. That's a great salary for a guy. You want to keep weapons around him. And at the pace that he's playing at this season, I think he's got another season of or two of productivity you don't want to take that away from a young quarterback because Mingo at this point, let's just keep it a bean. If he keeps it going the way he's going, he could be a bust, okay? You would have him as a good block for your receiving core as far as fundamentally laying him there, and then you build around that. Then you get some more young guys or you add another free agent out there on that course so then next year you come into next season, he has a bona fide target, a guy he can trust, and then you can go into free agency and perhaps add another piece to that, draft, add another piece to that, and then you can start to round out a really good receiving core. But if you get rid of this guy now, not knowing what you have in Mingo, TMJ looks like it's pretty much a wrap for him. Bryce Young will be out there just dying looking for somebody to throw the football to and that's just another grocery to the list when you've got a guy he's got to be at this point the biggest value in the league as far as a free agent with what you're getting out of him and what you're paying him if you want to trade adam thielen and there are reasons to do it then you have to wait until after the season is over because if you are if you're worried about him losing his value the only reason i think he would lose his value this year is because he gets hurt which is a risk. It's a risk for every player playing in the NFL. But the reason I don't want to trade him this year is because everything needs to be set up for Bryce Young to have the best year possible. And if Bryce Young is going to continue to play, if he's going to continue to go out there every single Sunday and you take away Adam Thielen, that means this offense could get even uglier than what it's already looked like. If you wanted to trade Adam Thielen, you have to wait until after this season when you're going to have some cap space, then you can allocate those resources to other wide receivers. Then if you don't want the $9 million cap hit on Adam Thielen, then you can move him, trade him. If somebody else feels like he could be a nice possession receiver for them. And let's say that Thielen wants to contend. It's hard to envision Carolina contending next year, especially after an 0-6 start. So if that's something where it's just a, hey, thank you so much for helping us out. We're going to move you perfect i would like to go to these teams hey you know wink wink type of deal we'll we'll make sure we take care of you that's the only way you could do it and there are reasons to but in the middle of the season man that's just saying that that's just trying to make it as hard on bryce as possible which is not good practice from a franchise that drafts a guy number one overall and i don't see him wanting to go anywhere else with him having this renaissance type of season in his career and he's looking at how much he could eat over the next two seasons or so or whatever the case may be, but especially this year, I don't think he's going to want to go anywhere because he knows that he's going to be the man uh, more than likely for this offense next season. I just want to clarify. I don't want them to trade him away. Like, Like I wanted them to trade away Brian Burns. I'm just saying that like, let's say a Detroit, let's say Debo Samuel, like there's a massive, a massive injury on a contender and a team was willing to give up a day to pick. You've got to explore it. It would not, it would not be wise because, like, then he'd basically be what Jacksonville quarterbacks have been before they got Trevor Lawrence, which would be a, maybe, in theory, a really talented guy with no one to throw the ball to. 
And the track record says those guys don't pan out, and then Bryce Young would probably go on to be a bust, and we don't want that to happen here in Carolina. Yeah, if everybody has a prize too. I mean, clearly we can't say you know, oh, two first round picks. Yep, not tra- like you trade Thielen for two first round picks, as much as that might hurt him this year. But for anything that you would realistically get in return, even at the most optimistic of views, it would be tough. And I hear you; it, it, you might want to explore it. But if you do want to, it has to be after this season. And if not, you're going to have enough cap space to keep Thielen as possession receiver and then put somebody else alongside him. <sighs> Remember, yeah, not to mention he can still tutor the young guys. Yeah, that and that's going to help with a Mingo that hasn't figured it out. We'll see what happens with Terrace, and we'll see what happens with any kind of tight end play you might be asking for. How much is TMJ being a bust going to be Matt Rule maybe trying to force him to play while hurt and never allowing him to be 100%? And there were some other times where like he just didn't make plays. But, I mean, how much did Matt Rule just take all the confidence away from that kid? Because he was like, yeah, he, he needs to get back. And it's nah, like, he's not healthy. He's just a bus. Ain't no rhyme or reason for it. He's just a bus. I usually admit, it's like, I, I, I know I love wide receivers. That's the joke. I will give up on wide receivers too long, but I will give up on them. There is something for me with Terrace Marshall where it's like, man, I've just, I've seen too much on the field to like to feel like there was something there to work with mm-hmm. in a couple of scenarios, whether it be injuries taking it away from him, whether it be the Matt Rule thing you're talking about. Because, yeah, I mean, with worse quarterback play, he was starting to be a downfield threat last year. Like, it was so... After earlier in the year being a healthy scratch for a special teams player. Well, yeah, and yeah, we'll see. But it's sad. That one hurts me, Fitty. Why'd you bring him up, man? That one hurts. <laughs> and now I'm just reminded of Terrace Marshall Jr. not working and Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo, not even uh, producing a ton in the first six games of his rookie season. We skipped it last time. We're not going to do it this time. Time now for a Fitty Flash. Fitty. I think we all on the show have a rather respectable opinion of NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. And, well, that's a good thing because he's going to be around. He signed a new contract extension that will keep him uh, as the NFL commissioner through March of 2027. And in his la- in the last two years that his uh, his salary was reported, that was 2019-20 and then 2020-21. I was about so- to say, it feels like this guy gets an extension every year. Yeah, so you're talking about at the height of the pandemic and guided the league through the pandemic. He still made 63 63- Point nine million annually. All right, tell me if I have this wrong, but I think I could have this wrong. But I think there's something in his contract. There's a clause that accounts for for market, counts for how much the league is making. I could be wrong on that, but I feel like there's something like that because remember, it's baked in Nick Saban's contract mm-hmm. where he is going to be a top five paid head coach every, no matter what. So if the market changes, Nick Saban's already got that taken care of. And that's what happens when you become the best coach in football for over a decade and even longer than that. So I wonder if Goodell has anything like that working, but it seems like we get an extension every single year. At least that's what it seems like to me. Anything on Goodell, Wes? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I just think that this guy lives one of the best lives you can ever live. We talked about it pre-show. I mean, the salary that he makes being a commissioner, and not to say that the job is easy at all. It is not. But 
man, the salary that he makes, it's just crazy. Yeah, the NFL a, just prints money, man. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a, a lot of money indeed. All right, let's move on. Let's switch gears. How about college football? More college football coming at you. It's Wes's ACC QB Power Rankings. Does Drake May continue his climb after moving up one spot last week? You have to stay tuned and find out on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Wes Bryant's ACC QB Power Rankings, where he breaks your heart by saying your QB is trash. (laughs) Tells you that your QB isn't as good as you thought they were. And that's the truth. And as much as you want to fight it, it's just like fire or fizzle. Whatever Wes says, it goes. We can argue it. We try. We do. We argued a lot last season. A lot more last season, I think, than we have so far this year. Yeah. But it was really the second half. That we were arguing. We definitely did. And you left it with a hell of an exclamation point. I sure did. When you put Riley Leonard number one over Drake May after the final month's struggles of Drake May and North Carolina. No struggles yet. And then everybody got up on Riley Leonard after I had been talking about him. That's true. That is true. Wes did like him some Riley Leonard a lot more and a lot earlier than everybody else did. Did you feel some type of way when Andrea said she was most surprised by Duke? Yeah. So yeah. the schedule I un- <laughs> but the schedule was tough though. Yeah, but people just get too caught up in looking at right. helmets and they don't watch the actual teams and look at the personnel like that. They just think, oh, it's it's just same old Duke. Yeah, I think the schedule would be tough for even a Florida State though. It would be, but still if Florida State had won nine games the previous season, dominated their bowl game. I hear you on that. And had 18 starters coming back, they'd be preseason number one. It says, I feel like I'm always trying to catch up, even though I've I've loved Duke as well, and I'm totally with you. It was weird how they were being treated this offseason. Yeah. It was weird. Even during the season. It, it was. It, it was the same way. It was. That defense is totally legit. Mike Elko is. Riley Leonard is as well. Hopefully, he can come back as soon as possible. All right. Enough of the Duke talk here. Sorry, Andrea. If people want to hear from you, then go to WFNZ. That's right. Check it out on a podcast. Wesson Walker podcast tab. Number five. Who leads us off on Wes's power ACC QB ranking? Well, as always, I would direct the people first to the ACC DN, not ACC Network, the linear network with ESPN. Check out the ACC DN on all platforms to check out the video. But starting off at number five this week. Still holding it down, Haynes King from Georgia Tech. He's the ACC's leader in TDR. He's second in the ACC in total offense per game, and he stopped for seventh in the NCAA in touchdown passes. So Haynes King was five last week as well? Yes. Yeah, Haynes King, good year for Georgia Tech as well as their quarterback. If they get a couple more wins, some some wins in the next coming weeks, they could they can move up. But that 3-3 three and three record 
kind of holds it down. And you lost the Bowling Green. Yeah, that's tough. 1,600 yards passing, by the way, for Haynes King. That's good for fourth in the ACC. Speaking of number four, who is number four on the rankings? Uh, number four, kind of on the decline, but we'll see if he can get back on track. Tyler Van Dyke out of Miami. Got a big game against Clemson this week. He struggled the last couple of weeks. Three interceptions in the loss to Georgia Tech. Uh, he had four touchdowns, but still two interceptions in the loss to UNC. And some of that was empty calories at the end of the game because he did not play great in the points where they needed him after the first half. And so uh, yeah. he's still PFF's fifth rated passing grade among all quarterbacks uh, yet and still uh, still playing really efficient football. But uh, he's still holding it down at number four. He was banned dimes in the first half. He was good. Yeah. And if he would have put that same performance in the second half, I, I don't know if they would have been able to keep up with North Carolina as much. They were playing well. They ran all over the place unexpectedly a little bit Yeah, with how Miami's rush defense had been going into that game. But uh, the second half, the, the interception at the end, I don't count as much because it was the last throw. It was desperation. But he wasn't very good. That's for sure. Number three on West Bryant's ACC QB power rank. Uh, still Jack Plummer of Louisville. They took a nasty L at Pittsburgh, and I tried to move him down, but it was hard to justify uh, moving him down under the other guys. Louisville still 6-1, and one, albeit taking a tough L, and he's still fifth in the ACC as far as a pass efficiency rating. He's second in the ACC in passing yardage by one yard. One more yard would bring him tied for first with a certain QB <laughs> that is yet to be named. But interesting there with Jack Plummer. Number two, Wes, who is it? Number two, man. Okay. A little movement at the top. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Everybody get to your radio and turn it up louder. All right. So number two, Jordan Travis from Florida State. Uh, I dropped them down, and it was hard. I really sat there and I wrestled with it. <laughs> FSU's won 12 straight games. Under his watch, he had 284, 3TDR versus Cuse, and he's fourth in the ACC in pass efficiency rating. But when I did the breakdown over the last month, uh, he's been averaging 241 passing yards a game, and he's got 10 total touchdowns. And so that was uh, significantly less than my number one. All right, so he had 284 yards against Syracuse in a, a crazy win. I'll be honest, as much as I agree with these rankings – you know, the way that it's worked out against a Virginia Tech and a Syracuse, even if the numbers aren't daunting, mm -hmm. like I would still understand yeah. if you had Travis number one. Mm -hmm. But I think you got it right here, Wes. <laughs> and tell the people who your right decision is here as the number one ACC QB. Well, the deciding factor, Drake May is number one now in the power pole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you look at it, Again, I looked at the last month of play. Drake, bang! And, uh, can you turn the damn music down? It's overpowering me. Oh, no. Wes, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, and this might be a little hard for you to hear. Uh -huh. Man to man. I've never, I've never wanted to kiss you more because you have finally. That's man to man. You have finally seen the light that Drake may. He's just that guy. There's a reason well, why we call him Ten God he's on the Hill, baby. Stay focused, West. Yeah, stay focused. Yeah, no. Stay focused. Oh, slow, stay focused. Slow, slow down with all of that. But no. he is starting to put up the gaudy numbers that we've been looking for over the last month. That's why I said I had to go in there and really break this thing down. You know, he's sitting at 356 passing yards per game, 13 total touchdowns. He's the ACC's leader in total offense per game. Schedule strength still leans with Jordan Travis, but Drake May, especially when you start to look at and I don't like to look at common opponents too much but you know 273 four tds 
Three TDs for Jordan Travis versus Syracuse. Drake goes for 442 and three passing touchdowns. Uh, I think he had a rushing touchdown in that game, too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, yes, he did. He had three passing and one rushing touchdown. But, yeah, man, 356 passing yards per game, 13 TDR for him. He's cut down on some of those turnovers. So, I mean, over the last month, man, he's really starting to heat up. Yeah, I mean, the last three games, he has not thrown in interception. He had four in the first two. And those Minnesota interceptions, they were ugly as hell, no doubt about it. He did have 442 yards against Syracuse, as you mentioned, 270 in this last outing against Miami. Four tutties. And that's the thing That's a good Miami defense. Yeah, throwing four touchdown passes against Miami, that's going to boost the stats for all the touchdowns he lost to Armarion Hampton, to even his own self by rushing it. there are pros in that Miami secondary. Those two safeties are mm-hmm. as good as it gets. Those Both of those guys are probably going to be day one picks. And there's a Hall of Famer playing quarterback in Chapel Hill. Go ahead, hit Fitty. Play us out with it. <laughs> bring, bring it back. 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 Bring your good times. <laughs> Drake Bay. <laughs> Number one on Wes Bryant's ACC QB Power Rankings. Listen, I told you, you got to earn it, man. If you earn it, I'm going to put you up there, regardless if I like your school or not. All Where's right. Mitch Griffiths, baby? Nowhere to be Ooh. found. Yeah, he's talking that. <laughs> We're going to move on. I can't believe I'm going to give that guy more airtime. He's going to find a way to push right. your buttons a little bit more. Right. So, But it's just going to make it all the more sweeter because you know your boy's petty. I know. When Carolina I takes know. that bad loss yeah. that nobody expected him to take, Undefeated you're going like to be hearing from me, baby. Never lost. All right, Haynes King 5, Van Dyke 4, Plummer 3, Jordan Travis 2, and Drake May comes in at number 1. We continue to celebrate good times on the other side of the break. It's the Live Wire on Wesson Walker Sports Radio. Live Wire Connect. 92.7 WFNZ.